Three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another week and another episode of Ballin' Out Super. Super. I am your host, Lawson Phoenix, a.k.a. Lawson Leong, a.k.a. The Man Who Conquered Fire. And with me is my illustrious co-host, Benel Hermosen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get him. Get him, get him, get him. Get him, get him, get him. Yep. Super Tua, Benel. This is our Halloween rendition of Dragon Ball. Halloween spectacular. Spooktacular. This is Halloween. 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 Benel's a spooky bitch. He's a spooky Halloween bitch, Benel. Yeah, and and you're recently into the spooky Halloween bullshit. I have recently uh, slowly gone over my fear of being afraid. Yeah. (laughs) Slowly but surely. I'm not going to watch, like, um, Martyrs or anything like that. Like, I'm not going to ever watch no. that movie. But, uh, you know, I will watch... I'll throw on an Evil Dead. Or, uh... Yeah. No longer, no longer just a scary boy. Scary yeah. boys. I mean, I still, I'm, still, I'm still a scaredy cat, but I'm not going to... You know, I, I'm, I'm still figuring out what my levels of tolerance are. Yeah. I have I no mean, interest like, in the I, Saw movies. But, um... I, I think the first one is at least a, is a watch because it's just a good uh, mystery film. It's it has the cool ending that I know about. It, it, yeah, it's not a good. It, it's a good mystery film. It's actually not a re, re, it's like it's not really a horror film. It's a mystery movie. Mm. Um, that's but like you know, of, of course they take the wrong lessons of uh, <laughs> of this mystery thriller and and continue to apply it to to fucking. Uh, because so, you never learn the right lessons. No, um, that's very true. Um, <laughs> the, the, right, uh, the point I saw is that it's an interesting mystery film with a good twist, and uh, it's closer to something like Silence of the Lambs than it is to like Hostel. And what they took right. from it was let's make it more like Hostel. I do like Silence of the Lambs, which is you know hard. I do love that movie, and even though like it's got some real fucked up parts that were rough for me yeah. to get through, but goddamn, is that movie good? <laughs> it's got some really good scenes. Great movie. That's the thing. It's like uh, motherfuckers learn the wrong lessons from films all the time. It's like they really don't understand what people like. But here's the thing: the fans don't help it either. I think the fans also. <laughs> The, the fans also will tell you they want more lore and backstory because that's what they think story is. And uh, it's inevitably when there's diminishing returns, it's like people don't actually want lore. They want story and character. Right. They That's not lore. No. That's not background. No. And Saul is like, oh, we got to make sure that the kills look cool. And I'm like, well, if you gave us characters we gave a shit about, there would right. be some emotional impact to these kills, but the fact is, none of these characters mean anything, and they're all ciphers. Yeah. So, 
we just you're just watching fake blood being sprayed all over the background, and that that gets diminishing returns because that shit's not as interesting as watching someone you either identify with or care about or understand go through peril. Like that's the fucking thing, right? And and horror fans, like I said, they lean into it by by you know putting up shit that sucks. Like terrible movies that like <laughs> they deem them a horror or classic because it gets it right. Like, well, because you fucking suck and you don't don't understand the purpose of horror. You just kind of want to see shit explode. Right. It's fine. Just go watch Fast and the Furious. Okay. I mean, I I do love Fast and the Furious, but yeah, for different reasons, you know. Oh yeah, you love family. I do love family. I love Vin Diesel. And I love The Rock hulking out of a cast. What can I yeah. say? I'm a simple man. No uh, one understands you be a woman. <laughs> More than a woman. R.I.P. Richard Roundtree. Oh no! Richard Roundtree Damn. died? I didn't even know. I so. Shit. Damn. Um, well, you know what, Benel? I had a CBR list, an anime list, but I've been inspired by our discussion. And we can always do this anime list another time, but since yeah, this is Halloween, 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 uh, I figured what would be more fun, CBR's top 10 smartest horror movies. Oh, smartest. Can't wait. Can't wait for this one. It's going to be incredibly baller. I'm looking at the list. I think it actually this one is actually probably a pretty good list. <laughs> we we bury their heart, their anime choices, but the this list looks okay actually. Um, kind of. Well, hmm. yeah, we'll see. Um, so uh, yeah, Benny G, top ten smartest horror movies. What do you think is gonna be on? What do you think CBR? Now this is. Let me give you some context here. Uh, this was written July 21st, 2023. So. Before even the Halloween season, but this year. Smart, uh, smartest. Yeah. I assume Hereditary is going to be on Nick. You really do like that movie. You are correct, sir. Hereditary is number five. Ba -ba -ba -ba. Another movie. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, never watch this movie. I'm never going to watch it. <laughs> it's more, it's more dreadful. It's scary, but it's more sad. And dreadful, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, oh, this is bums me out. I, you know what? So I, I should tell people this, and this might make some people mad, but I, I'm gonna, I'm trying to normalize this because I know there's more people out there who do this. I read a lot of horror movie synopses. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, because likewise. I, I am not in the business of like traumatizing myself without knowing what I'm getting into. You know, so. But I, but I think a lot of horror movies have a lot of interesting things that happen. So what There's I'll do... a lot of interesting plots in horror, but yes. there's also a lot of horror movies I'm not, like, not going to sit through. So, exactly. Like, if, you, if you have to sit through a bad horror movie, that kind of like, it's such an investment of time, and then you have to like, to be disappointed is kind of like, eh. Yeah. So, really yes. and much like with comedy, a lot of the, the thing about horror is that it surprises you, but I don't want to be surprised. <laughs> Sometimes... <laughs> So, I I know the whole plot of Hereditary because I read the synopsis. Um, and that being said, there's a couple of sequences in there that I feel like 
I'm never gonna watch the whole. I'm never gonna watch the movie. But uh, it seemed interesting enough, and I I love what's her name that actress that plays the yeah. mom. Big fan of her. Uh, Tony Collette. Tony Collette. Yeah, Tony Collette. Yeah, Tony Collette. Everyone, everyone's real game for that movie. She can act her ass off. So yeah, everyone's act. No, it's like not just her. It's like everyone's acting their ass off in that movie. They're yeah, the son. The yeah. The son, the dad, they're all working really hard in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like you can, there's a lot of effort put into all the characters that, and it's just, yeah, it's watching a family fall apart. Which is like, if you already have a shitty family life, it's maybe not something you want to see. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, Hereditary from 2018. That's number five on this list, but though. I assume Midsom- I assume Midsummer's in there somewhere. Midsummer's not on here. I thought it might be, but it's not. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. If you're gonna go with one Avi uh, uh, Oster movie, it's gonna probably be uh, Hereditary. Yeah, maybe that's why. Um, um, hmm. Smart horror films. Well, a lot of these, a couple of these are pretty recent. There's one classic. I'll just give you, so like, um, there's a classic from 1960, there's a, there's one from 1996, a, a more modern classic, and then there's a, there's a couple, uh, couple of modern ones from the last decade or so. Hmm. Any other thoughts? Probably, I would say probably The Changeling probably um, make it to... When it comes to like brainy, the changeling or, is not on here. No, yeah, that's that's surprising. Uh, hmm. Yeah, let me try to give you some more clues. Uh, there's a there's a classic from 1976 on here. Goddamn, is it The Exorcist? Uh, The Exorcist is not on here. Oh, oh thank God. Yeah, I'm fucking sick of people. The Exorcist, on a technical level, is fucking brilliant and wonderful. But the story it's actually telling is about feminism is bad and you should go to the church. <laughs> women it's have the, that fucking, woman that girl's got the devil in her. It's just the fucking trad like such a traditional Yeah. It's a super trad movie. Yeah. Super conservative. People always big up in as like that. the horror movie, right? But uh yeah, it is like from a very Specific POV. Um, yeah, one that wants like, to. Hey, movie, is your girl acting? Is your is your young? Is that a young women should stay in line and not go against? Basically, the that's what the movie. What the <laughs> fucking movie's about. The whole movie is about this young fucking radical, this young, you know, this young mom who's a feminist and believes in science and secular. That shit is bullshit. We go to church. Bring in a white man from a church to get the devil. Listen out of to your men. Daughter. Listen to old men. <laughs> they know what's good. They know what's good for you. The devil's around. The devil's in your daughter. Because you're all up in this evolution crap. I didn't come from Got a monkey. Which is really funny for this episode of Dragon Ball. It's especially funny. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um. But is there is there perhaps a uh, a director in the last few years who's uh, you know made his made his new mark in the uh, horror genre, which people didn't expect any... maybe because he's a comedic actor. <laughs> oh fucking Jordan Peele, uh, Get Out. On Get there. Out's number ten. Yeah, that's the twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. 
it has they have the image of the really creepy um the the uh the 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 lady the black lady smiling yeah that image is fucking... oh no 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 no, no. <laughs> that's just uh... tired the movie about how weird it is when white people try to act black it's the <laughs> crux of that movie i'm just gonna oh, say don't date inter- oh yeah don't date interracially apparently <laughs> that movie well i mean this, i don't, don't think it's that don't... simple <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's not. It's not, no, it's not saying it. don't date interracially. It's, I think it's about the feeling you have. It's it's this dating interracially when you you have to meet your like your your white girlfriend's parents and like go to the, where she lives and all that. I think that's really. It's more I mean, about like with the feeling that you get. You know the anxiety. Yeah. I think I think the uh, the I the thing about horror movies like that I like is that horror movies about specific interactions and feelings like have you seen the 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 invitation no but i heard about I it i've told you about the it. hot chick from game of thrones yeah it's a hot chick from game of thrones yeah and that whole movie is about how hard it is to leave a leave a party yeah which is it's really hard <laughs> it's an entire movie about how difficult it is to just like be like i'm not feeling it and excuse yourself from a party you know irish goodbyes are underrated you know like that whole yeah, that whole movie is much different if they didn't feel the need to be polite. Exactly. If they just left. Yeah. Yeah. Because but that's the thing you can't do an Irish goodbye in a small gathering. You have to say bye to people. I mean, you can if you don't. If you if you're bye. rude, <laughs> you can't if you just like, yeah. If you're rude, that's the thing. Sometimes you know like, that, that everyone's gonna about, say you're rude after you leave. <laughs> yeah, that movie is something. Even if you have cause to be kind of. People don't want to be rude in some right. situations about provocation. Yeah. That's what that movie's about. It's like, it's impossible to say bye at a party. Yeah. So those specific feelings, like, that's the thing that I think horror movies do great at tackling. I don't yeah. think so much as, like, bigger stuff. Like racism? Like, bigger ideas. Like racism. But well, not a, the racism. original Night of the Living Dead, right? I heard about yeah. the... the I, I've never seen it, but I heard the ending where they... They shoot that black dude at the end. It's um, a, yeah, it's just a smart trick. Because it's like, oh, well, it's the black guy who's the hero of the entire movie. And then he's like, well, you're still black. And so they shoot him, yeah. I, uh, a friend of the show, Alex Fleming, told me about that one. I, uh, that's not on this list, by the way. I, really quickly, number nine is His House from 2020. I never heard of this movie. Uh, it was, uh, Remy Weeks, His House is about a South Sudanese couple who narrowly escapes their war torn country. And they move into a haunted home in an English town. Uh, there's a deeper meaning. The movie delivers horror with alarming sequences at every turn. Goes beyond pure jump scares. It's on Netflix, apparently. I saw. I saw. I saw the trailer, but it didn't. It didn't grab my attention really. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. Uh, number eight is Black Swan from 2010. You would have never got this because I don't think people think of Black Swan as a horror movie. No. Even though it has some no, kind of scary know. sequences, sort of. Weirdly, yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> it has it the has scariest some... lesbian sex scene you'll ever watch. <laughs> like, yes. Which is a, a hell of a, that's a hell of a take. <laughs> it's like it's the most terrifying lesbian sex scene. You're like, oh, I want to see Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis make out, and then all of a sudden, you can't. You know, all of a sudden you're like terrified. <laughs> and then you're like, I don't want. I want. I want this out. to end. I want this to end. Stop. I don't think that's all. I, yeah, I wouldn't call. I wouldn't count Black Swan. That's not a horror movie though. though. Yeah. It's a. I, I would. I would say a psychological thriller. If you definitely. Want to be like, 
Yeah. If you want to be a coward and say psychological thriller, go sure. For it. Sure. Um, I can see why people put in horror, but I, I don't think most people would, even if it is technically classified that way. Uh, so we still got the classic from the 90s, classic from 1960, uh, Hereditary is number five. Uh, another classic, uh, it's about a decade old, uh, movie from 1976, a movie from 2018, starring a real life couple. I'll just say that. And it was in 2017 that, honestly, it's, I think this might make you mad that it's number one. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty, um. 2017 starring a couple. Uh, so the, tw- yeah, the 2018 one stars a real life couple. Um. Yeah, I can't. I, I got nothing. What's the word? What's the word for when something is like artistically, uh, like, uh, like almost too artistic for its own good? It's like obnoxiously artistic. It's like highfalutin. Yeah, like there's another word for that though. Right? It's like starts with a P, I think. Pretentious. Pretentious. Thank you. Yeah, number one is. I think a lot of people think this movie is pretentious. <laughs> Sanchez, 2017. And the 2018 movie everyone really likes. It stars a, a real-life couple that everybody likes. They're very, you know, visible in Hollywood. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm, okay. Well, let me go all the way back. Yeah, just, just hit me with him. I'll hit you with him. The number seven is Scream from 1996. Remember, these are the ten smartest horror movies. Uh, yeah, I'd say Scream for night. Scream is pretty good. It's basically a satire. This is the movie that traumatized me for all horror. When I was seven years old, I watched this movie, and I couldn't watch anything horror for like until I was like an adult. And also, the Scream mask wig would actually trigger me whenever I saw it out in real life. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Wendy just watched it uh, for her friend's birthday party. She is obsessed with it and loves it. How old is she? Thirteen. Okay, that's probably a better age than seven. That's a, that's that's a perfect age. Yeah, that's a perfect age. <laughs> yeah, I watched The Ring when I was like thirteen, and then that also like scared the fuck out of me. Um, because mm. that movie's scary. I what help? What's actually helped me with this whole process of getting back into horror was I rewatched Scream as an adult, and it's not as scary to me anymore. Like it doesn't have the power over me it used to have. Because now no. I watch it as an adult, no. and I'm like, oh, this is like a satire. And like, yeah, it's all, it's all of the all violence. Jokes. Yeah, the violence doesn't really. It's because I've seen worse violence at this point. So now it's like, oh, this wasn't so bad. And there's a lot of jokes. There's Jamie Kennedy in there. I mean, for fuck's sake. So, uh, a lot of jokes. <laughs> also, like, if you watch, like, the Scream Killer gets the shit kicked out of him. Like, he's not. He's yeah. not Michael Myers. No, no. What's her name? The Sydney, the best final girl. Like, fucking umbrellas the fuck out of those guys. At one point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the classic from 1960, and this has one of the scariest scenes uh, ever, Psycho. <laughs> oh. The shower is scene it, still holds it, up. <laughs> yeah, that shower scene still holds up. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I'd say Psycho's pretty, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't knock off points for that. So I think it's the brainiest. I think it's a really good thriller. Once again, like, this is another film that goes into the thriller category. 
yeah. pretty easily. Yeah, it's definitely horror though. That like the the, the shower scene is definitely a horror scene. I mean, for the thir- first thirty minutes, it's not. It's just a right. It's a thriller. Like the first thirty minutes of that movie, there's no no. It's just it's a woman a driving movie. around. Yeah, it's <laughs> a into a hotel movie entirely. Yeah, yeah, it's a different movie entirely. And then there's only a couple of really big scares though. It's like that scene, and then like later when you see him dressed as his mom or whatever. Yeah, and then the big reveal that his mom's a corpse in the basement. Yeah, it's, it's like three it's big a horror movie scenes. That, it's horror movie that's happening on the edge of a of a crime stro- of a crime drama. That's, right, that's what's happening. That is what's happening. Yeah, uh, it does have the creepy scene of Norman Bates smiling at the camera, which is classic. Um, she wouldn't even harm a fly. So that was number six. Number five, we have Hereditary. Number four, we have It Follows from 2014. Um, yeah, that one's good. That one's just very well done. It has one of the best jump scares ever. I'm afraid to right-click this, like, because <laughs> I'm still a scaredy cat. It follows me have one of the best jump scares ever. Not subscribe solely to that method to terrify audiences. Yeah. Um, number three from 1976, Carrie. I never thought of, I never thought Carrie was like necessarily like a smart horror movie. Um, I mean, it's about stuff. I don't think it's, like, dumb, but, like, um, yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think? What's your take on that? I don't know. I think emotionally it's very astute, but I don't mm. think it's particularly brainy. Right. I, it's, it's emotionally, of... kind of like Psycho, I feel like. Yeah, it's, like, emotionally... Yeah. Emotionally astute, it has a lot of, but it's not really saying anything. It's capturing a feeling for sure. Um, like the, it's capturing adolescent uh, anxiety, I guess. Yeah. Um. So, I forgot that was Brian De Palma. Anyway, uh, so number two from 2018, we have. Uh, <laughs> John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. The Quiet Place? The Quiet Place, number two. It doesn't stick to its own premise. What do you mean? I don't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I'm actually asking, what do you mean? <laughs> it's like a premise. The premise is like this home horror movie is going to happen in silence. And then about 40 minutes after, like not even, right before, because he couldn't. They couldn't just let the audience get it. They have to have John Krasinski. Because he's a fucking... Because he wrote it, I believe. He did. Yeah, Kiko wrote it. And he had to be like, well, I need to put a scene of myself acting my ass off. So, like, I gotta I gotta put in a monologue. <laughs> about being a Does dad. that happen? That's how, yeah, that happens. That's fucking hilarious. They go hilarious. to a waterfall. They go to a waterfall, and he's the only one that talks for for 10 to 15 minutes and it's like this whole movie he did right and the white man's the only the whole movie and this white man had to be like yo (laughs) but really i gotta say something (laughs) what is there to say it's a bunch of monsters running around that can listen that that, that see with sound what the fuck is there impossible to say it's all it's all like his whole shit's like you know i just gotta be i'm a dad you gotta do dad stuff be a father and you, you may not understand now, but I gotta make sacrifices. And it's like, like I knew when he did that, I was like, he's dying at the end, isn't he? 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, a Quiet Place, by the way, is another movie that I I've, I've read the synopsis of, so yeah, I know exactly what happens in it. <laughs> but I haven't seen it, so I didn't know that he literally in this movie where you're supposed to never speak. John Krasinski's like, it's like when it's like how Ben Affleck was like, yo, let's tell his Argo story. Who's gonna play the guy? I guess it's me. <laughs> me. Yeah, it's gotta be me. Um, yeah, that's pretty hilariously insane. White oh, men in yeah, Hollywood. The movie, like the movie, the movie's good. Emily Blunt is amazing. She can she carries the whole movie. She's very um, good. Really. Yeah. I just, I just think it's fucking like he knew when to seed. Like. He knew when to when when to give, but he was like, "No, I need look. This whole movie's about Emily Blunt acting her ass off, but I also need a monologue about being a dad somehow." <laughs> Couldn't help himself. Couldn't help himself. I'm gonna Couldn't write in himself. me, John Krasinski. Meanwhile, like it's such a it's such an indicative like that's such a male movie because like it's indicative of like a. Something um, that uh, we don't even think as as kids, because in the movie Emily Blunt gives birth in silence to a baby with an alien outside. Yes, and and the hardest thing John Krasinski has to do in that movie is talk for like a little bit. <laughs> Such a fucking it's like yeah, that's really fucking God funny. Bless God bless it. Um, so, uh, number one, so you had, the, I, I wonder if you've seen this. I, I would put it 50-50 that you've actually seen this. Number one is the 2017 Darren Aronofsky classic starring America's sweetheart, Jennifer Lawrence. Sorry, KRL. Oh, fucking mother. Come on. <laughs> number one. <laughs> fucking mother. Okay, I said before this list was actually pretty good, but I feel like it's kind of stumbled into the finish here. Mother? I told you it was pretentious, right? I, I'm on the nose with this, right? Everybody says this movie's pretentious. Who the fuck goes like, oh, Mother is such an intelligent... <laughs> what a smart movie. Stupid. I feel like the answer is white people, but no. <laughs> I don't know. Listeners, am I off base here? Again, another movie that I didn't see, but I read the synopsis of. But I, when I read the synopsis of this movie, I laughed at the end. <laughs> I was like, really, bro? Brother, really? Like... Really? <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess. I mean, I didn't see it, so I guess I can't like judge it. Judge? Did Did you see it though, Benel? Yeah. Okay. I sat through that shit. <laughs> okay. It's a, it's, a, it's a dumb person's opinion of a smart movie. See, that's kind of the vibe I got. But <laughs> Aronofsky's a wild. You know, Aronofsky's kind of a wild man. Um. <laughs> you never know with him. Some... Yeah. Fucking Aronofsky's like, man, isn't it weird how people destroy their bodies for their art? Yeah. <laughs> Darren. It yes, is kind of weird. Yes, Darren. Oh, that's a whole mood. Yes, Darren. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> the, the wrestler was a, was a great movie. And I know we're biased because... We like wrestling. We but love wrestling. The wrestling was a great movie, though. The best part of that movie is me and the fact that me and uh, Matt Brannigan, uh, now, anytime I see Matt Brannigan in the locker room, he starts singing uh, Bruce 
Springsteen's the wrestler at each other. Oh, okay, word, yeah. <laughs> whenever, so whenever, like, hey, guys, uh, I'm just letting you know, the show's going to start at, uh, the door's going to open at 8.30 instead of 8. We just look at each other and go, like, have you ever seen a one-legged man? <laughs> That's the most that movie has done for me as a wrestler. It's got a really interesting Todd Glass cameo. Yeah, Todd Glass is in it. When he's like uh, a, an uh, asshole uh, to him. <laughs> actually, no, it's not Todd Glass. It's Todd Barry. Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah, Todd Barry. I mixed, yeah. I meant, I saw his face. I just, yeah. Todd Glass is the other guy. <laughs> yeah. It's Todd Barry, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. You see me. Anytime. I'm... Yeah. Anytime something stupid happens in wrestling, we start singing the wrestle at each other. Also, can we bury the Aronofsky for the Black Swan being a ripoff of the Perfect Blue? Just, I think we ha- I think every time you bring up the Black Swan, you have to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That's it for Weeb Cred. <laughs> Weeb Cred says, it's- if you mention the Black Swan, you have to say, as the ripoff of Perfect Blue. And you have to have the opinion that Perfect Blue is better. Also, <laughs> for Perfect Weeb Cred. Blue is fine. I yeah, haven't seen either. Say, I've not perfect, seen either film. Perfect, so. perfect blue is, is fine. Is but I have good, not bad. Because I have two yeah. anime podcasts, I think I have to have the opinion that perfect blue is better, even though I haven't seen either. For, movie. What, it, for what for what it is, it is good. Sure, it, for the period in time stories trying to tell, it is good. But does it have Natalie Portman making out with Mila Kunis? That's my question. That, that's merely not a question. Okay, so or someone telling Natalie Portman to go masturbate. Like that's, that's <laughs> what happens in that movie. Wait, does it? Like I said, I haven't yeah, seen it. Literally, <laughs> okay. literally, they just tell him to go. But Walson, you just me. said that you watched the scene where Nellie Portman and Mila Kunis made out. Yeah, I did, but I haven't seen the movie. That's, that's, I watched that scene. Yeah, you haven't seen the for movie. research. Watch that divorce. <laughs> I love. By the uh, way, I love. I love the. Like TikTok is doing the thing now where they just show you movies. Like people will just upload clips of movies, so that's how you can watch movies now. Are you? But aren't there laws? <laughs> no, what the fuck are you know. The that? Wild West out Shit's there not working. It's just the Wild West over there, bro. Shit's not working. <laughs> you mean this experiment we call humanity? Yeah. I heard this, so I heard, back to Barry and Mother really quick. I heard this whole, the whole point of this movie was Aronofsky was like, fuck, I'm such an artist, fuck. God, take all my art, yeah. come onto the screen. Like, this was like his, like, <laughs> yeah, it's his, man makes it's, movie it's, about man making movie. <laughs> but it's also about planet Earth and how men use, like, it's about everything. Uh, it's, it's about, you know, Mother represents the, you know, it, it represents Earth and how man sort of just takes... What just is, takes and takes. Jennifer Lawrence is my muse. Um, anyway, uh, so that's, the, that's it. That's the list for that. Uh, another another list well done, Benel. I think we really hit that out of the park this time. It didn't give, give you something really up your alley, so... I was really upset that someone they the fact that you reminded me that Mother exists. Is like, I'm furious. <laughs> Doesn't just exist. It's the smartest horror movie of all time, but also um, the smartest horror movie of all time. Mother, you want me to read some of these? You want to get mad? Hold on. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, you know, there's nothing. Okay, here, here you go. 
the disturbing movie draws a subliminal parallel between the state of the planet and the human destruction of it, which that's fair, it does. Well, subliminal is a strong word, but it forces viewers to look inward, and the message stays with them long after the closing credits. But no, this message stay with you. The message I got was, I fucking wasted a goddamn time on that stupid fucking movie, and now I hate everyone involved in it. I feel like the fact that it stars Jennifer Lawrence kind of is, like, too perfect. I feel like it's, like, around the time people are starting to turn on her. Um, anyway, I think she's brought it back since. I feel like the backlash is, uh, it's, like, hacked to not like her anymore. The ba- but <laughs> The baby's Jesus, by the way. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, oh. the baby's Jesus. Great. If you see me, I watch mother. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> the wrestler of Omega by Darren Aronofsky. It's all his movies. Yeah. Oh, gone girl. Hey, Matt, yeah, 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 just Bruce Springsteen doing like the credit sequence to all his movies. <laughs> Have you ever seen a black swan dancing around, around the street? Um, Turns out she was the same person as she was before. <laughs> and... I want Bruce Knight. I literally now want Bruce Springsteen to sing the, the plots of movies. <laughs> <laughs> Just explain. <laughs> you see the baby represented Jesus Christ. <laughs> and what we did to him. If you see me, <laughs> I'm explaining movies to you. Mickey Rourke wanted to reconnect with his daughter. Receive me. Tony got the Iron Man suit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hell fucking yeah, I want that. That's what I want. That's what I want. <sighs> Give me what I want. Give him what he wants. Uh, well, without further ado... It's time to get into this week's episode. Up the Dragon Ball! Dragon Ball episode 26. 26. See me, we're watching Dragon Ball. Goku made it to the finals. We're starting the episode with the highlights of the Budokan no Tenkaichi. Let's us to the finals. It's Goku versus Jackie Chung, a.k.a. Master Roshi. Mommy. As Ulan elbows his way to the front row, we see Bulma ask him if he sees Roshi in the crowd, which Ulan does not. So much people here. They're all watching the the the, the spectacle. It's impossible to get a beat on Master Roshi. You see, Master Roshi, he's not here. Because he's in the ring. <laughs> uh, the ring announcer now gets an interview with 
Uh, Goku and Jackie Chung. Goku is asked if he can believe he can win, which Goku says he's gonna fucking try. Uh, and announces that and enraged Jackie Chung, who has fallen asleep in the lead up to the match. So, is this the first trope of overpowered anime character falls asleep before a fight? <laughs> I believe this is the first instance of that. Is this unless the first? Jojo unless Jojo did it, which for some reason something tells me Jojo did not do it. I don't think Jojo did that. That's not how Jojo yeah. usually books. Yeah, Jojo does not. Jojo takes the fights incredibly serious. Uh oh, what happened? <laughs> Someone calling you? Oh no, it's my fucking uh, alarm. Oh, okay, but you're right. Yeah, Jojo takes his fights pretty seriously. Uh, and yeah, they don't usually have the whole, you know, uh, guy sleeps before something really important is about to happen. <laughs> so. uh... Yeah, God bless this announcer guy. Just trying to get the fight over, trying to put the guys over. You know, he's the hype man. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's Dario Cueto. He's all about violence. In his temple. In his temple. God bless Cueto. Really effective character. He got over exactly who he was and what he's about in like a few short sentences. That's that's what you need. He was like one of the he best non wrestling characters in the last since two thousand. Last decade. Easily. He lo- he loves violence. He loves his temple. His brother kills people. These are the three things you need to know about him. Yep. Anyway, the drum drumming starts announcing the beginning of the match. Shung launches forward, ready to end this quick. Uh Goku jumps in the air to counter. Jung backflips, kicks Goku in the back and sends him flying. Quickest match of all time. Squash match, guys. Crown me the winner. Raise my hand. Raise my hand, referee. Raise my hand. Yeah, Jackie didn't even say to ask him or anything. He just kicked him in the ass, sent him flying out of the ring, and Goku, as he's flying through the air, goes, Oh, damn, what am I supposed to do now? Mm. This is yeah, a conundrum. He's in a tight spot. Uh, having been cleared out of the building. Having kicked clear out of the building. I just thought it was interesting that Jackie usually, this whole time he lets his opponents fight, attack him, because he's so much stronger than them and supremely confident, but he rushed Goku here. He, like, pressed on him. He made Goku make a mistake, you know, which shows how much more respect he has for Goku's strength, is all I was trying to say. Yeah, pretty much. Like, it, it shows that Chung kind of, he, he doesn't fear Goku's technique. But he definitely sees him as a threat. Yeah, for sure. Chung and the rest of the crowd crane their head up to look and see Goku uh, flying back, using his tail as a propeller to bring him back into the ring. Money? <laughs> he is initially planning to propel himself using the Kamehameha, but he decided to stay, save it because he has a strong Kamehameha. Chung is insulted that Goku thinks he can do the Kamehameha half as good as him. Almost letting it slip that he developed the Kamehameha first. When Goku points out that Go- Roshi developed the, the technique, uh, Chung corrects himself and shows him his different Jackie Chung style Kamehameha. Which mostly just in- involves him doing a bunch of warm ups and aerobics before doing the Kamehameha. Master Roshi did not take improv classes, he is incredibly bad at the improv. Yeah. 
Mine is different yeah. because I do stretches before it. First of all, he doesn't yes and. He he no buts, which is the opposite of improv. Exactly. Uh, though I think if he did improv classes, he would be great at it because he can just get he can just be like an old guy that hits on younger girls at improv. Oh, the classic trope. The classic trope. It's unbelievable. Goku and Chung face off and both unleash their Kamehameha waves and we get our first beam battle in Dragon Ball history. Yeah, wow, this is uh, another landmark hit. It's also done really cool because the scene blacks out and it's just, they're just illuminated by the light of their beams, which is so cool. Yeah. They both uh, do full Kamehameha waves that cancel each other out. And they send both participants flying, but not out of the ring flying. And it's a really sick. And the crowd goes wild. Yeah, the crowd pops. Big high spot. Yeah, it really is. Chung decides to use his Senso technique, creating an afterimage of himself. Which, uh, Goku attacks. But is hit after the second after image and kicked into a wall. The double after image technique, says Jackie Chung. Devastating. Mm-hmm. Goku answers count at eight, which stuns Chung, who is surprised that Goku is able to get up after such a fierce kick. Goku counterattacks and uses the triple sensho technique, <laughs> attacking from the air with a double act candle. And he bashes Jackie Chun's fucking skull in, bro. I think it's the first clean hit Jackie Chun has received. It is. It absolutely is. Yeah, the first time he's gotten a real blow here. And as Goku says cheekily after, the triple after image. I made it up myself. How'd you like that? And Jackie Chun can't believe Goku's ability to not only match him, but then even surpass him. Yeah, that, that is like... It's also pretty cool that he's like, oh, he, he, cause the, the, from the afternoon technique, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing, considering that, I don't think that's something Roshi showed him. Roshi never showed him any techniques. No, he did the Kamehameha in front of him, and then Goku, yeah. like, learned it immediately somehow. So, Goku has the ability to replicate techniques that he has seen. Well, so Roshi pretty... used the after image against Krillin, and Goku saw that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that's uh, that's the only time he's ever seen it. <laughs> and he did a triple after image after seeing that. I would, it, once again, this shows that, like, Goku and Dragon Ball Z and Dra Goku and Dragon Ball are two different characters. Basically, yes. Like, it, the show is much different when Goku uses, sees his opponent's technique and then copies them instead of just throwing beans at people. I mean, Dragon Ball is a different show than Dragon Ball Z. Why I always say it's the best one. I told all my friends at Sushi. We argued about it. Yeah, I mean, you know what? You're not wrong. What? Well, how do you? We're gonna talk about the the, the new Dragon Ball show that's. Oh, yeah. uh, Chibi. Yeah. That's right. I haven't gotten your take on this yet because I only I talked to Joe about it uh, last time because it was just me and him. Uh. Yeah, what do you, th you know, yeah, what do you what do you think about this shit, Benel? They're just making Vegeta chibi too. Everybody. Everybody's They just make everybody chibi. Yeah. So it's the same show but everyone's chibi. Right. 
Akira Toriyama's gone. He's gone Vince McMahon, bro. He's lost his fucking marbles. Dude, he's got not. Yeah, he's got. He really is like. <laughs> what do these people want? Do they want Chibi Goku? But the thing is, we all know GT sucks. Sorry to the people out there who like GT, but you're in the vast minority. Um, <laughs> GT sucks. And Toriyama knows thought GT sucked. So I don't know why he would be like, you know, it was a problem. They weren't all Chibi. That was the problem. That well, you was... know, yeah, the problem was that Chibi also... I don't know, man. Because, like, the the point of Go- GT was... We wanted to make Goku younger because he's done everything as an adult. But if everyone's Chibi, then there's no... There's no point. This is why it's a bad idea conceptually. The whole point of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z is the advancement of the self and the improvement of oneself. So anytime you do a thing where you go out of your way to bring the characters back in any way, to to have them regress, you're going against the whole spirit of the whole thing. Uh, I think. And therefore, it'll never work. That's yeah. my opinion. Every the Dragon Ball's always been at its best when it's been about progression. And so regression is always going to be a, well, a negative for, step. Yeah, that's also true for like everyone, every uh sort of every storytelling form. Like it's every series going backwards is never going to it's never going to get you anywhere. Yeah, when it feels like you're just going backwards and you're just going out and you're not do it in a way that's uh, it's it feels unearned. It's like you're just doing it to, yeah. to do it. You're not. You don't back know what to do it. once you got here. Yeah, you're not looking back pensively, thinking about like or saying anything about your past. You're just doing it to. You're doing it because you have no ideas to the to advance the story. Right. That's what it feels like, and that's why I believe this will be bad and suck. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel. Like. Like, why are we doing this? What do you, what more do you have to say? And it's like, it doesn't have anything to say about Dragon Ball. He just wants no. money, which is fine. He's just decided to do this till he dies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, okay. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I guess. See, here's the problem with... Here's why this is all backwards. Um, kill Goku and Vegeta. And start like he 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 started Dragon Ball Z anew with Gohan, and he should have like the next series should have been about Oob. You like it should have he should Dragon Ball should have been booked like JoJo's. I said this in the Discord. It's oh like, yeah, yeah. In order to have this this problem where you don't feel like you're just regressing, you have to just just fucking stop telling these characters had their stories. Those stories are over. You need to tell new stories with new people. It's the only way to, to do it that feels like it makes any sense. Instead of just holding on to these these characters that you've already you've already told their stories, you're never going to tell a better story than Freezer or Cell or King Pi- Demon King Piccolo uh, or you know the Red Ribbon Army. Like you told their stories already, it's fucking over. <laughs> yeah, really. Like it's it's a wrap. And so, yeah, that's the problem. Is you just gotta. You gotta kill all these people and move on. And he won't. He's holding on to these fucking bags of money <laughs> that these characters are. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's my take. 
Yeah, it, I mean, you don't need to. If you're looking at it as a storytelling vehicle, then yeah, you'd you'd want to change the story. But if you're looking at it as, as like a money making enterprise, why fuck with it? Exactly. Yeah, it's true. So you just gotta look at it as a money making enterprise. How, think about how much less like, sense it makes to make every the character chibi instead of just killing them all, going like fifty years in the future I mean, and telling a story with their all. not kill them. They just like they they get old and they're not. Like just focus on their the kids. Thing. It's the same thing that happen that happens with Star Wars. It's like they will like they don't they they here's the thing. People don't actually want <laughs> people don't actually want stories. They want uh to see things they like already. I see that's I don't like, I like, don't know about that, Ben because people were into the new characters when the new Star Wars happened at first. They just didn't like what they did with the old characters. In the second one, and then the third one was was really bad. But <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they didn't like treat the older characters appropriately. But the the best thing about the new Star Wars was the new characters. Yeah, it's definitely better and than DJ. what they did with the old characters. And DJ, right? DJ. Yeah. DJ, like Benicio del Toro in Star Wars was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember that, his name. Yeah, that that was the best thing they could have done with that. <laughs> More characters, like that's all I wanted. I was like, yeah, I don't give a shit about this fucking, you know, these two guys fight. Show me Star Wars. The best Star Wars is always we're gonna take you to a travelogue of a place you've never been before, and introduce yeah. you to interesting people. Who live interesting things and they have interesting lives. Mm-hmm. I like, mean, there's that sheriff in that first in 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 Force Awakens. There's that fucking right. sheriff character that Daisy outruns. Uh, that, that Ray outruns. Like right. he has his own backstory. Yep. And uh, doing like he 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 got together a like that character's backstory that like backs. That fucking background character. His story is that he uh, got together a bunch of aliens to help a village in Tatooine um, in a fucking Magnificent Seven style story. Would be sick. And it's like that. He's just a back story. He's just like a background character. Yep. Uh, but he fucking. You know, you read his biography and he fucking rules. Like, everyone in fucking Star Wars has a life, and that's what's interesting about Star Wars. Not fucking the Skywalkers. Right. the same fucking... It's the same fucking people. Skywalkers. I mean, I'll be honest, like, I, I never really watched JoJo's, but their, their approach to storytelling, I think, the creator of JoJo's approach is the right approach, I think. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. It just makes sense. It's like, yeah, people have their stories, and then you move on to tell the next generation's story. That's the way it should be, instead of fucking holding on for dear life to the thing you made that you can't let go of, because it's milking, you're milking it. And just hurting your own legacy. Now, with that being said, Boruto sucks ass, and we're not going to do it, but... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because they tried to move on, but they didn't do uh, the best job. Oh, At least with the anime. Them. I don't want to hear about how good the manga is. I mean, you can tell me the manga is good, but I'm not manga I, I'm not going to do a podcast about the manga. <laughs> this is what I mean. Manga, look, manga looks like trash as well. 
You know, fair enough. Well, if you skip all the fillers, I mean, are we still doing this? We're past fillers. It's 2023, okay? We're not doing it. We're not, I'm we're not, not doing, doing fillers. This. I did fillers when I was fucking 15. Okay? I don't do fillers anymore. <laughs> it's 2023. I haven't caught up to Demon Slayer. I'm not gonna watch Boruto fillers. I'm just not. Anyway. That was fun yelling at an imaginary person who told me to watch Boruto yeah. fillers. That was, uh, <laughs> that was, uh, I really needed that. Thank you, imaginary person who told me to watch Boruto fillers. So what happens next to Dragon Ball? Because <laughs> this episode's lit. This episode's fucking dope. Uh, yeah, so Goku puzzles out that Chung and Master Roshi must be related because they're so similar. Uh, Chung reveals that him and Master Roshi <laughs> are first cousins, and which, which the crowd just kind of accepts. They're just like... Okay. He takes out a fucking tr- like a, a fucking family tree on a piece of par- piece of parchment. <laughs> what the yeah, fuck? They could... They're just like, okay. It's a <laughs> forged like, right. family tree. We have no reason to not believe you. Yeah. It's really weird. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's weirder it's weirder that you have this than 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 you it's weirder that you have a that you have a family tree on you than anything else. Super weird, and it only connects him and Roshi. Nobody else. No one else. So, so uh, Chung begins to go into his next plan of attack, which is swaying around intoxicated and attacks Goku with his sweet king technique, which is the drunken master uh, fist. I was Chung so happy to see this, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, well, you know, fucking Toriyama's a Shaw, it's a Shaw Brothers fan, so... Yeah, but I didn't remember this. It was so cool to see. Chung gets the early advantage by using the sweet king technique to whoop Goku around the ring. Uh, Goku, resetting, runs to the other end, as uh, Chung approaches and encounters his drunken master technique with his own monkey-style kung fu, uh, tripping him in his tail before jumping on him and scratching his eyes out. So, yeah, Jackie Chung uses drunken boxing, and Goku runs to the side of the ring, and Jackie Chung's like, are you crying? And no, he's making monkey sounds. And I have to tell you, Benel, drunken style and monkey style are two of my absolutely favorite styles of kung fu. <laughs> They're probably my two favorite. If I had to pick two, they're probably my 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 two absolute favorite styles of kung fu. Now, what we actually see here is not an actual application of either of those. Not really. Not like when no, I no. say not really. I mean like um, like the, the the actual like movements they're doing. They're not animated to like. They're not actually doing that little styles of kung fu. But like in spirit, they are because the whole thing is that Roshi's acting drunk, and Goku's acting like a monkey, which is hilarious because he has he has a tail, obviously. And, uh, yeah, it's really fucking cool. And this sequence alone of the drunken boxing versus Goku's monkey-style kung fu uh, made this one of my favorite episodes so far of the series. <laughs> it was just really dope. Uh, the cool thing about drunken boxing is it actually is, as funny as it is, incredibly applicable to fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out Emmanuel Augustus. Uh, he's a boxer who used to use the drunken. He used to use drunken boxing in in his technique. He would fold it into his uh, uh, duck and roll 
literally hit someone with a two-fist dragon palm. Damn. It's fucking wild. Yeah, it's bro. It's fucking wild. Go... Drunken boxing is dope when you see it in, like, in real life. It's super sick. So also doing yeah, the math it, it, on this, Jackie Chan's The Drunken Master comes out in 1985. And so this episode is like 1986 or so? Um, I, I, watch. Yeah. But the thing is, but the, that's the episode, but then the manga was probably earlier. So... Uh, probably, yeah, probably like really by 85. Yeah, like he might have literally just been watching, he might have just seen this. <laughs> you might have just seen it, yeah. But it's pretty awesome. Uh, fucking yeah! Go rewatch Legend of the Dragon Master. It's fucking great. Yeah, both Drunken Masters Jackie did were terrific movies, and the uh, Drunken Master is free on YouTube right now. The first one, it's classic. Yeah, go watch that shit. Go watch that shit. Happy Halloween. Let's get drunk. Let's get fucking drunk. Happy Halloween. Uh, so with Chung sobered up against. Goku's monkey Ken Kung Fu. Uh, Goku remains elusive and knocks Chung into the wall. Uh, evenly matched, Chung removes himself from the wall and begins his new technique to end the episode. Ooh. Well, be his new technique. He has his hands out in front of him. I know. I remember this. I do not remember that Jackie Chung used drunken boxing or that Goku used monkey style. But it's but it, uh, it, awesome. But you are delighted either way. I was so fucking happy, but no. As a matter of fact, it's time to rate and review this episode of Dragon Ball. Out of seven Dragon Balls, Benel, how many would you give this one Goku versus six Jackie? Dragon Ball. I'm going to also go six Dragon Balls on this one. It had some, it had some laughs. Had some fun Dragon Ball style action. This is also I like to point out with the Goku tail spin maneuver. This is pre, you know, flying taking over the meta. You know, uh, flying really destroyed a lot of the meta in Dragon Ball, um, which is fine. You know, but I'm just saying there's a lot of cool st- before everyone could fly. You had cool stuff like this. You know, and uh, yeah, great episode. Uh, and with that, let's get to our, everyone's favorite segment of every week. It's plugs! Oh, I hear the train coming. But now, please tell the people at home about your wares. Guys, my store, uh, uh com is still up and available. Please drop, uh, some merch, shirts, hoodies. Hoodie weather's, uh, coming. Get yourself a ham hoodie while you're at it, uh, and follow me on Instagram, uh, ham underscore wrestler, uh, for all my upcoming dates. Absolutely. And as well, if you like to the support the pod, patreon.com slash BOS pod. Uh, we have Yu-Gi-Oh! back there. There's Gundam. There's Dragon Ball GT in its entirety. There's some other stuff. Ooh, we may pretty derby. <laughs> or horse, horse girls or friends. Also, of course, you listen to the Talking Naruto podcast hosted by uh, Present Company, and the Leong Leong, the Professionals Wrestling Podcast, hosted by me and Katie Rose Leon, where we talk about the graps. Um, also, check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Comedy. And with that, we shall bid everyone adieu. Um, until next week, uh, in another episode of 
balling out. Super! Adios. Well, it's been a while and you have not changed. Time has been good to you. I'm hoping you can say the same. Who was to blame? I don't know. Just pretend, remember when maybe fall in love with them.